0: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
1: When John wrote this gospel, uh, the Apostle Paul had already completed all of his missionary journeys. Uh, The Apostle Paul was martyred at this point. He's with the Lord. Uh, So as John is writing this, the gospel has already spread throughout the whole Roman Empire. There's churches all over the Roman Empire. The life of Jesus is a well-known story in the world. At this time,
0: have you ever wondered when each of the four Gospels were written and how they all intermingled with each other chronologically? Well, it just so happens that Pastor Dan will be discussing such things as he introduces you to his new series in the Gospel of John today. In his study, you'll learn about historical events that surrounded the writing of this priceless gem and what the primary focus of the book is. Be sure to tune in regularly for a theologically rich study of John's Gospel. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John, chapter 20, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. There's a
2: ring of truth that belongs knowing that you cannot find alone. And if you listen carefully, and sometimes even if you don't, you can hear that sound.
1: John chapter 20, beginning with verse 30. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these, these signs are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Uh, so what I want to do today is just give you some background information on the Gospel of John more of an overview to the Gospel of John. And then next week, we'll start with the verse-by-verse exposition of John, beginning with chapter 1, verse 1. So, uh, so this week's going to be a little bit out of the ordinary for us in our approach to it, but I think it'll lay a good foundation for us before we start going systematically through the Gospel of John. So again, just some background information for you. Uh, the author... Of the gospel of John is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit used the Apostle John to write this gospel. And John, of course, was one of the original 12 apostles selected by Jesus. He became one of the three core apostles to Jesus, along with Peter and James. Peter, James, and John were the, the three core apostles. They were with Jesus more than than the others. John was a fisherman on the Sea of Galilee. Uh, He worked for his father's fishing business. His father's name was Zebedee. He worked alongside his brother James, and they had this fishing business. And it seems that it was a a successful fishing business. It describes having other people working for them. So they had employees. And so John worked in the family business along with his brother James when Jesus one day called them, both James and John, to come and be his disciples. Matthew chapter 4, verse 22 tells us that when Jesus called James and John, it says, they immediately left their boat and their father and followed him. And so when Jesus called them, they immediately walked off the job, dropped their nets, and they followed Jesus from that day forward. John didn't say, "Well, let me think about it for a couple days, and I'll get back to you." And John didn't say, "Well, let me talk it over with my dad, and I'll give you an answer later." No, Jesus called them, and he just went. He followed Jesus. You know, forsaking all—the family, business, uh, family, all of it—forsaking all and following Jesus without hesitation. John, he's—he's he's not a scholar. Uh, although the Gospel of John is very deep theologically, he's, he's not a scholar, he's not a scribe, he's just a plain fisherman from the Galilee, but he was committed to Christ. He was committed to Jesus. And because he was committed to Jesus Christ, God used his life very powerfully, and God can use anyone who is committed to him, anyone who has surrendered fully to him. It does You don't have to have a bunch of education or a theology degree or anything like that. If, if you're just fully surrendered to Christ, he can use you. Use John. John wrote this gospel somewhere between 80 and 95 AD, so near the end of the first century. It was the last gospel written. The other three gospels were completed sometime before 70 AD. When John wrote this gospel... Uh, The Apostle Paul had already completed all of his missionary journeys. Uh, The Apostle Paul was martyred at this point. He's with the Lord. Uh, So as John is writing this, the gospel has already spread throughout the whole Roman Empire. There's churches all over the Roman Empire. The life of Jesus is a well-known story in the world at this time. Also, when John writes this gospel... Uh, The rest of the New Testament was already written, except for the writings of John. John's the last New Testament writer. But everything else is already written at this point, uh, except for John's writings. So John wrote the Gospel of John that we're going to study, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, the letters, and the book of Revelation that we finished last week. So when John writes this Gospel, everything else in the New Testament's already pinned. He's the last New Testament writer. Uh, Also, when John wrote this gospel, Jerusalem was already destroyed by the Romans. Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans in 70 A.D. Again, John's writing maybe 80 to 95 A.D., so 10, 20 years after the destruction of Jerusalem. He writes this this gospel. The temple was destroyed when John wrote this. Uh, The Levitical priesthood was gone the sacrificial system of the Jews was gone. The Jews no longer had a place they could go to to worship God. It was gone when John wrote this. All of that was gone. And that, that's important because John wrote this gospel to Jews primarily. As you're going to see as we study through this book, you're going to see that this is a, it's a Jewish book. Uh, It's filled with Jewish references and Jewish symbols and Jewish customs. The reader is expected to understand the significance and meaning of all of these Jewish references. Uh, So it's written really to a Jewish audience. Uh, Not only that, John structures the whole gospel, as we're going to see, he structures this whole gospel around different Jewish feasts in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. So the whole thing's structured around Jewish feasts in Jerusalem. The other Gospels, the other three, are centered primarily in the Galilee. John's Gospel is centered in Jerusalem, usually at the temple, during a feast time. And I'll, I'll just, I'm going to give you your first list here, just to give you uh, an example of what I'm talking about. So if you're taking notes, here we go. Chapters 2 and 3. Jesus goes up to Jerusalem for the Passover feast. So that's the background of chapters 2 and 3. It's it's the Passover in Jerusalem. And in chapter 2, that's when Jesus cleanses the temple for the first time. That's when Jesus says, uh, don't make my father's house a house of merchandise. Chapter 3, that's when he has the conversation with Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is a Jewish priest. He's a Jewish teacher. And remember, he tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. That conversation takes place in Jerusalem during the Feast of Passover. Then in chapter 4, Jesus leaves Jerusalem after that Passover to go back home to the Galilee, and he passes through Samaria, where he ministers to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well. Again, that's as he's leaving a feast in Jerusalem that he passes through Samaria and ministers to her. In chapter 5, We see Jesus in Jerusalem once again to celebrate a Jewish feast. It doesn't tell us what feast it is, but he's in Jerusalem again for a feast. That's when he heals the paralyzed man by the pool of Bethesda there in Jerusalem near the temple. And remember, he healed him on the Sabbath day. And it creates this whole controversy about the Sabbath day. Uh, Then in chapter six, we're told it was near the time of the Passover. Uh, Again, a Jewish feast. So it's near the time of the Passover. It's in chapter 6 that Jesus feeds the 5,000. And then he goes into the uh, synagogue in Capernaum and declares that he is the bread of life and that he's the true manna from heaven. And if you remember the Passover story, the Passover celebrated God delivering the children of Israel out of their slavery in Egypt and, and bringing them out into the wilderness where God provided for them. And what did God provide for them? Manna every day. And here during the Passover now, Jesus feeds the multitude, thousands of people, bread, and then declares, I'm the bread of life. I'm the true manna from heaven. Our ancestors ate the bread that Moses gave them and they died in the wilderness. If you eat the bread that I give you, you'll have life. He's the bread of life. And so the context of chapter 6, is the Passover. Chapters 7 to 9 take place during the Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem. During the Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem. And it's in John chapter 7, during the Feast of Tabernacles, as Jesus is at the temple, that he stands up and says, If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink, and out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And this he spoke of the Holy Spirit. Right? The context is Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles. And we'll talk about that context more when we get to those chapters. Uh, In chapter 10, Jesus is in Jerusalem again to celebrate the Feast of Hanukkah or the Festival of Lights. Uh, Chapter 10 is where he, he gives the teaching on being the good shepherd, where he's in the temple and he declares that he is the good shepherd. That ties into the Feast of Hanukkah, the Festival of Lights. You guys are the second service, so I'm not as concerned about time here. So I'll give you a little uh, sneak preview that I didn't give the first service. John chapter 10, it's the Festival of Lights. It's Hanukkah, which is a time when they celebrate the rededication of the temple in Jerusalem uh, under the Maccabees. And during the Feast of Hanukkah, the priests in Jerusalem they would read Ezekiel 34 as a lament. And Ezekiel 34 is about the shepherds of Israel failing to shepherd the people. And it's in Ezekiel 34 that it talks about God will become the shepherd of the people of Israel. And Jesus is in end, the temple when he gives his teaching on being the good shepherd. He said, I'm the good shepherd. So he's saying, I, I am the Lord who will come and shepherd his people. So that's the context. That's the context of John chapter 10. Uh, then when we get to chapter 12, through the end, through really chapter 20, almost the end of the book, chapter 12 to chapter 20, Jesus is in Jerusalem for the final week of his life, that final Passover, where he's arrested, crucified, buried, and resurrected. So when we get to chapter 12, chapter 12 is his triumphal entry on Palm Sunday. He's crucified on Friday. He's resurrected on that next Sunday. So chapter 12 to chapter 20, that's all just the last week of Jesus' life. Uh, And so, you know, the whole story in the Gospel of John is within the context of of the Jewish feast. It's within the context of, of judaism it's it's you know it's it's built into the different jewish feasts and so understanding that context and understanding that background will be important for us to understand what john is saying in his gospel now if you're not jewish which i'm assuming most of us aren't or you don't really know the customs of judaism that's okay you're going to be all right uh I'll try to bring some of that stuff out as we go through the gospel of John. We'll try to look at some of the Jewish context of what's taking place. But even if you don't know that context, don't forget the gospel of John is still the word of God. And it's alive and it's powerful and it doesn't return void, right? And so even without that context, God's still going to use his word powerfully in our lives. or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it.
0: Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message.
1: You know, one of the things I love about the Gospel of John, one of the things I think that is so amazing about the Gospel of John is that it does have... This, you know, kind of this deep, profound context to it. But at the same time, its statements are so simple that a a child can understand what it's saying. Take John 3.16, for example, probably the best known verse in all of the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You can write a whole book on the theology in that one verse. But at the same time, a child can hear that verse in the children's ministry in Sunday school and understand it and put their faith in Jesus Christ and be saved and born again because of the simplicity of it. Uh, So it's just an amazing, amazing book. So chapter 20, verse 30 and verse 31 that we're looking at today. The reason we're looking at these verses today is because. In these two verses, John clearly states the purpose of the book, the reason he wrote this book, wrote this gospel. And so these verses give us just a very good foundation and understanding of why John wrote this gospel. Again, look at verse 30. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these, these signs are written in, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So John, when he wrote this gospel, he didn't just write a biography on the life of Jesus Christ. That's not his intention here. That's not his purpose. It's not just a biographical sketch of Jesus. And so because of that, John's gospel is very different from the other three gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are referred to as the synoptic gospels. And they're called the synoptic gospels because they give a synopsis of the life of Jesus. John is not giving us a synopsis of the life of Jesus Christ. He writes with a very specific purpose. uh, And he tells us that purpose in verse 31. And so, because of that, much of what John includes in his gospel, you you don't find in the other three gospels. And much of what's in the other three gospels, you don't find in John's gospel. There's a lot of difference here between John and the other three gospels. That's why John's gospel is quite often kind of separated out. It's not included with the synoptic gospels, because it's not a synopsis of his life. The content is different from the other three gospels. I'll give you a few examples John's gospel does not include the birth of Jesus Christ. The birth of Jesus Christ is not recorded. So there's no Christmas story. There's no little town of Bethlehem in John's gospel. Uh, John's gospel does not include Jesus's baptism. John's gospel does not include the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. There are no parables in John's gospel. The Last Supper is not detailed for us. And John's gospel. Uh, Jesus's agony in Gethsemane is praying, you know, sweating drops of blood, and, Father, uh, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. That's not recorded for us in John's gospel. Jesus' ascension to heaven is not recorded in John's gospel. And that's just a few examples, but you can see that, that John leaves out some pretty significant Events in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ that are included in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But John, again, he's writing for a specific purpose. He's got a goal in mind. Uh, John also, though, includes some events that we don't find in the other three Gospels. For example, it's in John's Gospel where Jesus says, you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's pretty important. You know, Jesus said you can't enter the kingdom of heaven unless you're born again. But that's only found in John's gospel. It's not in the other three gospels. Uh, John's gospel also includes the most extensive teaching on the person and work of the Holy Spirit in the gospels. The person and work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus explains the ministry of the Holy Spirit and what's called the upper room discourse that we'll see in John's gospel. And we don't find that in the other three gospels. Uh, Two-thirds of John's gospel is devoted to the last week of Jesus's life. Again, beginning with chapter 12 to about chapter 20 covers just the last week of Jesus's life. So John puts the spotlight on the redemptive work of Christ more than the other gospels do. So John is uh, very selective and very deliberate in what he did include in his gospel account. And the reason he's so selective and so deliberate is because John is writing to prove to us that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So that's John's overriding goal here throughout this gospel to make the case for the identity of Jesus and to persuade us and convince us that Jesus is the Christ. And that Jesus is the Son of God, so much so that we put our faith and trust in him and have life in his name. Now, what does that mean, that Jesus is the Christ? Well, the word Christ is a title. It's a title. It's the New Testament word for Messiah. It's a title. It's the New Testament word for Messiah. Christ is the most common title for Jesus in the New Testament. It's used 569 times in the New Testament. It's used so often that many people think that Christ is Jesus' last name, right? That Jesus is his first name, Christ is his last name, his middle name is holy, right? It's not his last name. It's his title. It means Messiah, Messiah. So it's saying that you know, Jesus the Christ, or Jesus the Messiah. And the word Messiah means anointed one.
2: He asked me how I know I say truer than the finest crystal.
0: That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. Thanks for joining Pastor Dan as he continued his verse by verse, chapter by chapter study of the book of First John. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you'll be able to find it on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes so you never miss an edition of this program. Every time we post something new, you'll be notified. We'd love to hear from you too and learn how Ring of Truth has impacted your life. Please take some time soon to give us a call at 410-491-4592. Please let us know how we can be praying for you too. And if God's doing something wonderful, we'd love to rejoice with you. That number again to reach us is 410-491-4592. Do you live in the Baltimore, Washington area? If so, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. Find out more at our website. One more time, that's calvaryec.com. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Tune in next time to learn more from the book of 1 John with Pastor Dan, right here on Ring of Truth.
2: I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack.